Welcome back to the Yahoo Finance All Market Summit. I'm Brian Sazi, joined, of course, by Walmart CEO Doug McMillan. Doug, real quick, though, uh, see the market's uh, under pressure here. The Dow is down about 730 points. The S&P 500 and NASDAQ under a lot of pressure this morning on coronavirus fears. Doug, uh, always, good to, always good to speak with you here. Uh, listen, I've been going to your stores consistently uh, throughout the pandemic, like a lot of other people across this country. What are some of the biggest changes uh, you have implemented to the store since March? Hey, Brian, nice to be with you. There's been a lot of change as we've gone through this year. As you know, our first priority is to keep our associates safe. Our second priority is to keep the supply chain moving and drive in stock. As you know, we've been challenged in a number of categories, and that continues to be the case in some instances. Our third objective has been to try and help others with our stores being open and the company having cash flow. We've made decisions to support people that lease space in our stores, to hire more people, things like that. Fourth, make sure we manage this business well through the crisis. And then fifth, with the bandwidth that's available after that, make progress on our strategy and move forward with what, what our goals were when we started the year. Talk to us on managing the business. How do you turn a company Walmart size on a dime uh, inside an environment uh, a retailer has never seen before? Yeah, it's been impressive. Um, I have really appreciated how all of our associates have responded, our leadership team included. They made decisions so quickly and continue to when new information is made available, um, things to you know, make it safer to shop in our stores, things to improve the safety of our e-commerce fulfillment centers. Just time after time, cycle times have really picked up. What might have taken us weeks and months to do before, we're doing in hours and days, and it's been amazing to see. Are the, are the product out of stocks, are they over? It's not just cleaning materials, it's food. I'm in these stores, and it's not just Walmart, it's, it's grocery stores. The demand has been so strong. What is driving that, and when does it stop? Things are getting better, but we still have a ways to go to recover. And I think it's going to be a bit choppy for months to come as we all deal with the volatility and as things change. And as you know, there are virus counts changing locally that cause different behavior locally. So what you see is unique to the location that you're in. But our team's really focused on in stock, um, the number of receipts that we have versus that uh, that we've sold in the last few weeks and months has been greater. So we're seeing in stock levels improve. But as we went through the year, you could see people kind of moving together. Um, families were at home more. They were watching the news. They were making choices about what they needed to solve for. So we saw that initial stock up phase that was paper goods and dry grocery and things to, to keep you safe and keep you fed. Um, that move to educate my children, help me entertain the family while we're at home. Then we saw as the spring and summer went, went uh, through, bicycles, things related to the outdoors, like your, your backyard and the lawn, all those things happened. And today, what we're seeing is there's been some leveling out, but with the, the case count coming back up, there are some areas where we're starting to see stock up behavior again locally. Talk to us about that a little more, Doug. Do you, do you think there will be um, a lot of these products will come back in stock for the holiday season? How will those, those supply chain pressures impact holidays? Well, our team's had some time to react now, and our suppliers have too. So, you know, if you go back to what we were seeing in May, for example, we started to think about what holiday was going to look like and what we needed to adjust for holiday way back then. So we made a number of changes. One of the kind of big set of changes is related to how we're going to handle 
the sales around Thanksgiving, Black Friday and that event, you know, we're basically at Walmart trying to spread out those sales over more time and to drive them more to e-commerce and to conduct those sales in a way that's safer for everybody. So spread out the store volume, try to reduce the pressure that we feel in terms of crowds in stores and take more um, care of them through e-commerce and by spreading out the volume in stores. Uh, Wells Fargo out with an interesting forecast for the holidays uh, this morning, Doug. 9% projection sales increase they came out with, but we have no stimulus. How is the lack of stimulus putting estimates like that at risk uh, because of the, the lower incomes you guys, you guys focus on? Well, behavior patterns have changed and people aren't spending money as much to travel and, and take vacations and do some of the other things that they would have been doing. So some of that is impacting retail and the categories that we sell. Um, I think the lack of stimulus is showing up more so with those that have been unemployed, small businesses, people that really need help. I think it's important that we all understand in some ways we're having a shared experience because we're all in a pandemic together, but in other ways we're having a very different experience. Um, if you have been um, let go and you haven't had income, you really do need some help. And so what we've been saying, both through the voice we have at Walmart and, and that of Business Roundtable, is to say to Congress and the administration, we need you to help those people that need help. Um, there are some industries, um, the airline industry, for example, lodging, that need targeted specific assistance. And, and it's important that that happen. But this country is so driven by small business that small business in particular and families that are disadvantaged need help in a way that some of the rest of us don't. And we'd like to see that happen as soon as possible. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the, the business roundtable, Doug. You, you chair the business roundtable. And I'm hearing from a lot of CEOs, um, there has been a pause in business over the past month and they're pinning the blame on the lack of stimulus. Have you seen a pause in business? Um, well, as I mentioned before, not everyone's having the same experience. So don't think of customers as being in one group. Generally speaking, a lot of the trends that we had seen when we released our last quarter, quarterly results are continuing. Um, but the way that some families are, are feeling this is, a, is in a different category. What about, you know, I, I follow you on Instagram and I have for, for some time. What are you telling employees? You have, uh, just following your account, you're still, you've been going to the stores, talking with employees. What have you told them? Uh, about their interactions with, with consumers. I, I can imagine they've been scared to get up and close and personal with consumers. I think the steps that they are taking and that we've taken as a company have helped. Social distancing, wearing facial coverings, using plexiglass, washing hands, all those things. It's a combination of things that have to be done to keep people safe. And our associates have done a great job in that respect. And when I'm visiting stores and clubs and distribution centers during this period of time, I'm basically doing maybe just two things. One is thank you. They're being so courageous, so dedicated, really do have a heart to serve other people. Um, those that needed to take leave because they may have a pre-existing condition or need to take care of their family, the company has leave policies that enable people to do that. So quite a few of our folks have gone out on leave, but the vast majority of them are coming to work and making it happen. We've also hired quite a few people during the course of the year. Um, globally, the last number we shared publicly is that we've hired over half a million people, vast majority of those being in the United States, to help offset the demand pressure that we're feeling and take the place of those Walmart associates that have gone out on leave. So the first thing I'm doing is saying thank you. And then the second thing is asking what do you need? You know, what more can we do 
to help keep you safe, um, help keep customers safe, and serve them effectively. And the number one answer I'm getting back right now is help us with in-stock. <laughs> we need more inventory, back to your original question. But as it relates to safety, people feel like we've done everything we can think of to do at this moment. Now, we'll keep learning, and if there's something more we can do to help keep people safe, we'll do it. Since day one that you took over, uh, almost seven years though, I can't believe time has flown, uh, Doug, you've been a champion of the workers. You have moved aggressively uh, to raise wages. And, and that most recent wage increase, I believe kicked in to $15 an hour in October. Uh, are you looking at any other bonuses for workers this holiday season? Just, they are doing more work and I'm sure they are worried about their safety. Yeah, it's important that our associates are rewarded for the hard work that they do. And basically, Brian, I think you and I may have talked about this before, we're trying to create a ladder of opportunity. And that starting wage rate is just one component of an overall system. We want people to be rewarded as they move up in responsibility level. Um, two thirds of our management associates come from our hourly ranks. We put in place academies to help people with education. Um, we put a dollar a day college program in to help people get college hours if they want to advance their degrees. And our compensation rate starts um, around the country at $11 at the lowest rate in some parts of the country. There are other parts that start at 15, but our strategy is not to spend all of our money, think of only the starting wage rate. Our strategy is to build a system where people can come through it all the way up to, to my job. Switching gears here, in the midst of pandemic, as if it wasn't hard enough to manage through that, you also have made a play for TikTok uh, along with Oracle. What's the latest on that? Yeah, we've had an ongoing conversation with ByteDance for a while now, and basically what we would love to do is to play a role in the e-commerce, fulfillment, payment, and some, to some degree advertising aspects of that relationship. So the national security concerns in the U.S. and in China, those will be resolved by government officials and Oracle, not Walmart. We're focused on the front end and how users might be able to interact with TikTok, and when they see something they want to buy, do it in a simple, fun, seamless way and have a good back-end experience because of our fulfillment capabilities. So that's an interesting relationship that could end up impacting more than just the United States. No, it's pretty cool. When would, a, when would that new form of marketplace, when would that go live? Is that within the year? Can you build that quickly? Well, there, there are forms of social commerce that are happening already around the world. You can see that maybe most prominently in China, but whether it's TikTok or Facebook, Instagram, in some ways Google, the digital front ends that exist, in our case, we have one with our app, in addition to the ways that we interact through others, will become kind of seamless for people as they want to buy merchandise and have that experience. So I think you can start to see some of the signs of that today with marketplaces that are being built and with, with what we're building. But I think it'll progress. It'll become more uh, pronounced across various channels and become more pronounced geographically as it grows. So ha has it been worth it to go through all this? Uh, it seems that Walmart has been the headlines, has been drove through the mud a little bit uh, with regards to TikTok, but just listening to you, it sounds like that is okay because the, the longer run opportunity is still pretty big. Yeah, I think there's been criticism of the deal and it's been you know complicated in some ways because the governments are involved, but I don't have any concern about uh, the way that we've been treated. Our, our focus here, as I described earlier, is really simple. Um, we wanna play an e-commerce role and help users and hopefully something can be worked out. Uh, let's switch gears here again, uh, some social issues. Uh, what has been Walmart's role um, throughout the social unrest uh, we've seen in recent months? 
Well, as a company, as you probably know from following us so closely, we've been working on diversity, equity, inclusion forever. And when George Floyd was murdered, it served as a moment for everybody, I think. And um, inside the company, the conversations that we're having escalated and we started trying to figure out, okay, what more can we do? Clearly there are inequities here and too many of our systems are generating those inequities. The numbers speak for themselves. Um, if black and African Americans could participate in our economy at the same level that others do, it'd be a boost to GDP growth. You know, what, what has to happen underneath all of this, not just policing reform and, and things related to criminal justice, but the financial system, the education system, healthcare, what has to change in those complex systems and what's the, what are the underlying roots that we can get at that will create more equity on the other side. And at Walmart, um, what we've done is create four different teams that are led by African-American officers focused on those systems that I just mentioned. And in parallel, Business Roundtable, the CEOs decided to do the same thing. So we had a group of CEOs, Mary Barra, um, Craig Arnold, Jamie Dimon, and many others that got involved in understanding what these systems look like, learning from experts, and coming back with changes that we can make inside of our companies or um, policies that we can recommend to government that would create more equity on the other side. In addition to that, Walmart did set up a $100 million Center for Racial Equity that'll help support some of this change. But the core systems work reminds us of the environmental sustainability work that we've done. If you can find ways with our purchase orders, think about uh, sourcing from diverse suppliers, or where we put our cash at night so that black-owned banks can loan money more so than they could before, just different policy choices like that, that when you add them all up, the systems result in more equity and more opportunity for, for everybody. That's ultimately what we're trying to create. Uh, I'm sure you're watching election. Uh, it's coming up hot and heavy very quickly here. Uh, how, would a, how would a change in the White House impact Walmart's bottom line over the next four years? You know, we've been through a lot of these. Um, Walmart's been around since 1962. We've worked with all the administrations, and that's what we would continue to do. Um, we want to serve the country. We want to, we want to help the country get stronger. Um, so whatever we're asked to do, that's, that's what we'll do. We hope to contribute to bringing the country together as it relates to things like inclusion, but we hope to help other, solve other problems, too, if, if we're asked. So that's our attitude. How can we serve the country? Do you think the country needs a reset? I think the country needs to come together and solve problems. Um, regardless of the administration or who's in Congress, when you look at the outcomes of what have, what's been happening, there are opportunities for us to invest in infrastructure, to create more equity, to invest in new technologies, to create future jobs focused on the future, not industries from the past. That transition to a digital age, to a forward-looking country, needs to happen. So, you know, what we want to see is people work together to, to create opportunity for people. Americans need jobs. They want to know that their children are going to have a better future than, than the, the, the life they've had. And we should work together to make that happen. But do higher corporate taxes, uh, would that change how you invest in your business? Um, we've had different tax rates. I think the first thing that goes through my mind when I think about corporate tax is that we need to think about where we set the rate on a global basis and make sure that the U.S. is competitive. Given all the debt that we've taken on with the pandemic, we do need to develop a plan to address debt levels 
And so I think we need to work together with whoever's in the White House and in Congress to figure out what combination of things need to change, taxes being one of them, that would result in a, in a better overall outcome and a longer term approach and view. Fair enough. And Doug, you know, we've, we've talked many times in the past, uh, like I just mentioned, I can't believe you're coming up on your seven year anniversary uh, of being the CEO of Walmart. It feels like yesterday. How has the pandemic changed you as a leader? I bet it's changed just about everybody in some way. Um, and when I think about what I've learned, you know, the, the two words that come to the top of the list for me are, are courage and speed. And what I've seen from our associates and our leadership team related to those two things has been super impressive. And so I think I've learned even more to let people move quickly, think big, and not let bureaucracy slow us down. And don't sweat some of the small stuff. Just get on with the things that are most important. And I think we've moved faster as an organization as a result, and that, that's changed me as a leader. Well, let's zoom out. Uh, just from your perch atop the, the business roundtable, how... How do you think the pandemic will, will change American business? American business was already focused on multi-stakeholder capitalism. And I think the pandemic has only reinforced how we all feel about that. This argument over, you know, what's the role of a company? Is it to just make profit or is it to, stir, to serve not only financial shareholders, but also serve communities, um, take steps to protect the planet? Make sure that your associates are well compensated and taken care of in other ways. Serve the customer more effectively. We feel like that the multi-stakeholder approach is the smart way to approach business. And clearly, when you look at it through the long term rather than the short term. So I think what the pandemic has done is reinforced. If you take BRT, for example, the statement that we made on corporate purpose um, last year, reinforced our commitment to that, our belief in that. And hopefully through the pandemic, what, what Americans are seeing is that companies are actually walking that talk. You know, we're, we are doing things that, it, that help all of the stakeholders in this equation. We're being systemic thinkers, not just focused on one set of stakeholders. And Doug, real quickly before I let you go, I just want to go back to the holidays. Will this be a good holiday season? I think it will. I think people want to celebrate the holiday. You know, I think hopefully families will take steps to do that in a safe manner. Um, but we all need some love and joy and this time of year brings those things to you know being top of mind and i think we'll find a way to celebrate it and i think it'll end up being a, a good year it'll be unique but i think it'll be a good year unique indeed uh walmart ceo doug mcmillan always good to speak with you stay safe and really appreciate what you're doing out there thanks brian be well